My name is Nicholas Gonzalez. Thanks for coming over today. I have a very special guest today. She is someone who I've known for quite a while and is a fantastic actress, singer, all-around amazing person. And her name is Alexa Lewis. Hey, Alexa. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. Happy to be doing this. How are you? I'm all right. How's how's everything up in New York and all that fun stuff? Um, it's you know it's it's as it's as good as it can be, <laughs> all things considered. Life life is strange, obviously, right now, yeah. um, due to COVID, mm-hmm. and uh, our industry is uh, kind of down right now. But um, there's still people out and about, and we seem to have um, good spirits here. So. Good. Could always be worse. <laughs> right. That's always what you have to remind yourself. It can always get worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good. So yeah. uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Can I let everyone know who um, you are? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Alexa and um, I grew up in Chicago um, in the city. And um, I know Nick from touring uh, with Chicago, the musical. Um for about a year, a little while back. And um, yeah, I live in New York City now and I'm kind of hanging out, (laughs) writing things out. Um, Oh gosh, what else can I say about myself? I I lived in Boston for a little bit um, and now I am in uh, Washington Heights here. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, like you said, we were on tour on Chicago together, and you played the very fun role of Hanyak. And yeah, fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, your role was different than the others because you were actually um, considered, well, you know, depending on the interpretation, you were the innocent one. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, uh, it, it was definitely, um, it's strange because when people think of Chicago, they think of like, you know, he had it coming and all that jazz and, uh-huh. you know, these, these really s- strong kind of cynical women and to play the one who she, she is strong. And I think that that's a misconception, but um, uh, one who doesn't quite fit into that world right. was super bizarre. Cause you know, you're, you're with a cast of 30 or so people, you know, a ton of crew and um <laughs> you're you're kind of like the black sheep of the story right yeah well you <laughs> were is you were kind fun. of the black sheep for a few reasons because you were not only kind of perceived as the innocent one but you were also like the immigrant you didn't really speak english you were kind of isolated in your own way in that show yeah even physically i was one of the only i was the only person that was really physically isolated from everyone else mm-hmm. um in the show we kind of sit and watch each other perform kind of like the audience and 
my character was just like, it felt like my chair was miles away from everyone else. But, you know, there was like a conceptual thing mm-hmm. to separate this, this outsider um, mm-hmm. from the world. So yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a it was a hell of a ride. <laughs> oh yeah, for for many reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a very interesting tour. Uh, yeah, tour, touring is no joke. Um, no. That you know, seeing seeing the world is amazing, but um, it's not all um, glitz and glam. Exactly, <laughs> which is kind of like the show. It is it is very much you put on this show of what innocence is supposed to be, but in reality, you're kind of not really being honest about what's going on totally I, I like to describe it as like vegas at at a sunrise where it's like you see all the neon signs are sadly lit up but you can see all the like wires and stuff behind it it's just mm. like this kind of grim uh, you know kind of uh illusion and you're, you're kind of seeing the the strings behind it it's uh Right, it's like a yeah. funny dynamic image uh, to compare to yeah, our show. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good image to have because, like you said, like when you think of Vegas, you think of the the glam, all the lights. You, it's the city that never sleeps. It's the city that's right. always going, always changing. Um, but yeah, when you step back and kind of see what's going on, you see the hardware. You see everything kind of being held together by random strings. Threads, and, right, yeah. yeah. Barely holding on. <laughs> Just like so many people. <laughs> right, exactly. Whew, yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. So. So uh, that's that's me. That's us. Yeah. That's that's the joy of what we what we do. Just try and mm-hmm. hold everything together and make sure that no one notices. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome. So, uh, who would you like to introduce us to today? Um, I want to introduce um, Chris Charles Gary, okay. uh, who uh, was a high school sweetheart of mine, um, which in itself is a like a nostalgic thing you know you mm-hmm. think of your your first high school sweetheart and it kind of gives you like butterflies inside um but to, to get past the the stuff that I, I don't really want to talk about um mm-hmm. when when we were uh i think i was 17 or so um he was in a, in a uh, sailboat accident and um there there were some survivors thank goodness um uh, he he was not one of them mm. um but he was just uh a really potent person in in my memory of adolescence and at that time in my life it, it's an impressionable time already mm-hmm. um and i think in 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 death and in in grieving people tend to romanticize um the memory of a person right you you want to uphold um you know the the beautiful gracious wonderful things about that person that that's that's what we remember and it's it's what we should remember um Mm -hmm. yeah so i just i don't know if it's for that reason or because it was my adolescence and you know what a magically strange time 
Um, <laughs> but this, this person I associate with just like joy and living with abandon and <clears throat> kind of like getting to know myself, um, which I think is beautifully tragic that this person is no longer um, with us, the world. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, he was, he was a big influence um, on my life. Uh, so that's, that's who I kind of want to introduce today. <laughs> cool. Well, it sounds like, like you mentioned, like you guys knew each other in adolescence and that's always kind of like a very strong moment in your life. Like it's, it's the turning point for a lot of people of, I want to discover myself and I want to do this and I want to go out and rebel or I want to, you know, see what's going on. And, right. Yeah. And it sounds Experiment. Like, yeah, yeah. Indulge. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like uh, Chris was someone who was with you for a lot of that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Just at a, at a pivotal time in my life um, and at a time right before, right before uh, my time with him was right before a, a more, a darker time in my life. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's associated, but, but I, 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 I don't, uh, actually, I was, I've never really thought about it <laughs> until I just said it out loud, but, um, just, yeah, just kind of like a not so, I was changing high schools and really mm. just, it was really struggling with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's when I was getting to 17, 18, 19. So I, th I think those are the kind of existential crises we, we have at that yeah. time. So, um, but yeah, he, um, he was actually a few years older than me. And I remember I was, um, yeah, woo, I was, um, <laughs> I remember being in middle school and I think he was, he was about two, he was two years older than me, but four grades older than me. Oh, wow. Um, I was, I was like kind of old for my year and he was, he was young for his and, um, he was actually in my sister's class. And I, so I, I, I actually was around him a good amount and, um, I kind of, you know, like I had a crush on him, like as, as yeah. a kid, you know? So when I got older and I started like hanging out with, you know, the older kids and I'm in high school now, um, uh, I started to get to know him and start hanging out with him and, um, we were actually, now this is funny cause this is not related to my current identity in any way, but we, well, he was part of this, um, I, I, in layman's terms, I would say gang, but, um, it, it wasn't a gang. It was, it was a group of right. young artistic, um, lost individuals who, um, they would create music and um, they would do um, graffiti, mostly, mostly commissioned graffiti, not, not so much illegal um, graffiti. Okay. And um, so I, I kind of like through getting to know him, got kind of um, involved in that kind of world and that, that kind of creativity. Um, and this was a time when I was like, Ooh, maybe I like singing. Maybe I like dancing. So I think I was just like really, you know, feeling creativity and he, he was like a big window into that. So I really admired him and, and all these other um, people who were constantly creating and, you know, just, just going for it, you know, yeah. <laughs> they were just going for it. And we, he, um, 
I remember he and a few other friends had um, got, been contacted by some local um, like grocery stores, gas stations, things like that. And they donated um, their alley wall to the, this group of kids so that so that we could like spray paint it. and we'd go there every day after school and um, just hang out, you know, smoke weed, drink 40s <laughs> and uh, rap and you know, and, and, you and spray paint. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds, you know, we're in, we're inner city Chicago kids. So that's kind of what we did, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like such a, such a cool, unique thing and something that I'm not <clears throat> really exposed to in my adult life, mm -hmm. that surge of, of creativity and ambition and abandon. It's just, what a what an awesome unique thing because a lot of kids and teenagers don't even necessarily ex experience that. Right. Um, it's something so, that like they always want to necessarily, or like they, especially nowadays, you can't always go out and just do what you want uh, and kind of create. Nowadays, yeah, isolate yourself. Or we think we have to wait for an opportunity to come to us. I mean, I don't know if this is something that I've been taught now as an adult, mm -hmm. <laughs> if I've just lost my spark or yeah. <laughs> if I'm just cynical, but I, I think we're kind of taught that, yeah, it, it, you know, it only happens if you're the right place, the right time, you know, so why, why do I need to, especially, you know, during COVID, it's like, why, why create right now if there's, you know, no opportunity, but there was a time when we just, went for it we weren't painting because we thought we were going to be in moma or fucking louvre or anything we just were going for it right there wasn't like some um, kind of reward at the end it was more you just created because it was something you enjoyed doing it was the you enjoyed the act of doing it not so much what you were going to benefit from it afterwards right yeah it's not so um uh, uh product oriented yeah yeah, so it sounds like Chris was someone who was very much into that scene and kind of introduced you to a lot of that then. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to glorify <laughs> someone. I mean, no, you're good. You know, we would do we would do drugs and you know sit around, be lazy and and whatever, you know, but this was one aspect, one one avenue in which, wow, this that that person. Yeah. He really lives on through that. And then, and the people have created the most amazing works of art inspired by him since then portraits of him. They've, or mm -hmm. they found works that were unfinished by him at the time of his passing and they, they finished them or, oh, wow. you know, worked off of that. I mean, incredible things, beautiful things have come from such um, grief and the need to the process mm -hmm. um it's 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 fascinating to see some people you know write about it some people sing about it i think one reason i'm an actor is i am learning about human emotion and psychology and that's something that was from a young age was really important because you know, losing someone close to you, you have to figure out how to di digest it and make sense of it. And uh, mm -hmm. there are no answers. Um, it's just, 
there's there's um there's a play called Rabbit Hole that yes, yes. um yes you know it okay so mm-hmm. there's um it, basically it's a show it's a slice of life kind of show um centered around a family that has experienced um various levels of of grief um uh in losing uh different uh, family members within that family mm-hmm. and there's um there's a line in there where the where the daughter um says to the mom you know does does it ever get better does it ever go away and the mom says you know what it doesn't but it changes and she goes on to talk about how the you know it evolves and it's you know it kind of becomes something that you keep in your pocket mm-hmm. and you you take it out once in a while whether you realize it or not and it's it's kind of just it's what you have instead of that person and and that's okay but it's just, it's always there yeah yeah so, and I, I do I, I do remember that um that scene in that play I think she likened it to having like a brick in your pocket where you'll walk around and at first it's, it's heavy. You feel it the whole time you feel weight. And after a while you get used to the weight and it's only when you put something else in that pocket or you stick your hand in and you touch it again and you may question at first, Oh, what's this? And then you pull it out and recognize, Oh yes, I remember. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's a very, that's a very good point with losing anyone is just learning how to grieve. And it all definitely is uh, very dependent on your own personal growth and how you decide to process that. Because losing someone when you're, say, a little kid, you may not react the same way as losing someone when you're in, like, your 30s or 40s. And so learning how to process that is going to be very dependent on where you are at your life. So, yeah. So it's and it's interesting because I, I Oh, sorry. Excuse oh, me. Good. Yeah, go for it. You're good. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to ask, cause uh, seeing as Chris was someone who you knew at a very key moment in your life, was there anything about him specifically that you kind of associate with him? like uh, a smell or like whenever you go to a certain place, you always think of him kind of thing. Totally. Totally. Um, (laughs) a few things. Okay. So, um, whenever I'm in the front seat of a car, specifically when I'm driving, but I don't drive a lot anymore. Um, whenever I'm in a car and I, you know, Chicago winters are really brutal. And so if you, if you, if you first get in your car and, and it's like, it's fucking, it's colder in your car than it is outside. Mm-hmm. So I would like heat up my car and then I would just, I would just park there and I would stick my fingers in the vents. Mm-hmm. And he would, he would always be like, Oh, that's the Alexa. That's the Alexa. So every time I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a car, I look at those vents and I think, Oh, if, if Chris and I could just stick our fingers in that right now, we would just laugh <laughs> so hard. I mean, that what a weird thing to say. I hope someone does <laughs> doesn't just listen to that clip of the podcast and think what the hell stick her fingers in it um <laughs> well you know i always think i always think <laughs> think of him with the the car uh vents mm-hmm. um the other thing that always reminds me of him now this is blasphemy and <laughs> i apologize in advance but whenever i see um a, a bible in like a hotel room 
I think of him because he, now he was, he was an, uh, not, not, uh, actively, um, religious person mm-hmm. uh, but he, he was raised um, in, in a in a fairly religious family so he re- he respected religion but we were also stoners and teenagers so he, he would roll joints out of Bible papers sometimes like oh, the, the wow. pages of a Bible I told you it was blasphemy and I'm a Jew so I, I take no you're good <laughs> you know responsibility for this yeah, okay, I'm, I'm an ex-Catholic. But, I don't care okay <laughs> But whenever I see, um, yeah, those like I hate to say, but those like cheap Bibles. Oh, you know, yeah. some Bibles are beautiful, but those, those the cheap ones in the hotel rooms, I am right. The ones that like yeah. you, when you start like going through the room, you always see it, and then like you push it away because like, oh, I gotta put like, my phone here. <laughs> right, right, and I don't know who's touched it, and you right, know exactly <laughs> hotel things. Um, yeah, and then when I um, when I'm in Chicago. If I go to the lakefront, I I always feel strong presence. I I love the smell of the lake. I everything about it really it, it's kind of like nostalgia for me. Oh, I'm gonna tear up. Thing, <laughs> <laughs> um, not 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 because that is where he passed, but. Mm. It was a it was a place where we spent a lot of time as mm-hmm. kids. People don't think of Chicago as like a beach town, but the yeah. whole the whole east side of the town is lined with this huge beach that spans like fourteen miles. Um, so I just you know we went there a lot as kids, and even in the it's especially like in, it sounds weird, but in the winter, the waves would get really really big, and just like that smell, it's like it's different than an ocean. It's different than a river. It's like it's a, it's a lake, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I got a big old smile on my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because I mean, like, uh, like you said, like it's not a memory that's sad necessarily because that might have been where he passed away, but you remember it fondly. There's a lot of different memories and things that come up. So. Yeah, and I think I I think. I associate water with, for, for a long time, I was scared of it. Mm. I could yeah. only focus. No, but before I actually could swim like a fish. I loved it. I loved mm. swimming in the lake. I loved, I loved going to, um, you know, pools and I, I had no problem with the water. And, and, um, after, you know, four, four of my friends were in the sailing accident mm. and unfortunately it was due to, being under the influence um but i lost my train of thought oh (laughs) i i um no i did lose my train of thought what was i just talking about uh about your fear what i associate oh yeah i was uh yeah after that i was i was really afraid of water because i think i had tunnel vision about what water i felt like what water had done to my friends Mm. And then actually, um, about, a, uh, I don't know, a few years later, I, I was auditioning for everything I could in New York city. And I, I booked a cruise ship job. 
Okay. And I think I think when I auditioned for it, I didn't really think about it. I wasn't like, oh ship, water. You know, I was just right. kind of like, oh, job. Right. Like yeah. starving actress. <laughs> exactly. We're taking whatever was coming in, not really paying right. attention to it. It was like, oh, okay, this can like feed me or cover the rent for the next few months. Totally. And um, you know, it was like it was like nine months traveling on the Mediterranean, like singing oh, wow. generic show tunes that like, you know, everyone knows. So I was like like yeah I, I would be crazy not to take this and it was so I, I think I associate water with overcoming and you know strength and now I, I like love swimming again mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but it took a lot of uh, processing um, to kind of not only heal from what what was happening but all of the things that came with it, my changed perspective on a lot of things that were normal in my life, like going to the beach, you know? Right. So as far as when he did pass away, do you remember what you were doing or what that day was like, if you feel comfortable talking about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I had just gone to a music festival. It was like an all all day, all night music festival. I had for some reason left midday, maybe like all the bands I wanted to see were done or something, but I do remember it being daytime. Okay. And I started to drive home and I got a call. I, I, my friend was in the passenger seat and I got a call from another friend who I wasn't really close to at the time. So I thought it was weird that they were calling me. Mm. Um, so I was like, Oh, you know, I should probably answer this. It's, you know, it's probably important. So I answered it and they were like, you know, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm driving home. And he said, you know, can you pull over for a second? Mm. So I was like, Oh shit. So I, I pulled over and he said, okay, I don't want to freak you out, but Chris has been missing um, all day, no one's been able to find him. Uh, and it was just, it was just kind of like this moment of, I, I knew. I don't, I don't know how I, but I was just like, yeah, I just, I kind of just dropped the phone and was incapacitated. It was just, you know, hi- hyperventilation disbelief and there's something about someone being missing that is particularly dark and unsavory Mm. it's like it doesn't make it better necessarily to find them in a state that is not what you want right but I, I don't want to say there's some sort of closure that you that someone might get in finding a lost loved one, but it was definitely like you, you can't. I couldn't breathe until we found him. Mm. Um. So, I, and I actually had someone visiting from out of town at the time that was staying with me, which was just a total a total nightmare. But I remember going home and. Um, you know, starting to contact people and, and try to put, put past 24 hours together. And 
I think we, we all collectively realized, oh, he, he was out partying with a group of people. They had left. Um, they said that they were going to go on the sailboat. And you know, one of them was a professional sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the four of them left. And that, that was the last anyone had heard of them. So it, it was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the boat was missing, which was definitely unusual. Um, so, you know, that, that was just, that was that day. It was just a day of, um, shock and detective work, I would say. But then we, um, two, um, of the four of them were mm-hmm. found treading water like midday the next day. Oh, wow. And it was actually the two, uh, women that were with them. Mm-hmm. And which this is actually a, like a medical miracle, but although they were hyper hypothermic and and everything, they, in theory, might've been able to stay alive because of their breasts and their, Oh, okay. I don't want to fat around their, you know, their hips and their essential organs. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Cause I mean, I've, I've heard stories of women surviving situations like that because of uh body differences so it's it's miraculous i i how how would one know that unless you were faced with a an experience with which you you might you know find that out but um and they they um they were found which you know with this huge celebration we were so thankful but the two of them were like they were like yeah the, the 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 other the other two um, they, they didn't make it. I, they, they say, which I believe that Chris, um, kept swimming under the water to hold the girls up. Mm. Um, after the other boy, the, the pro- professional sailor, he, um, James had swam after the, um, sailboat. Mm. Um, and they say that the, the last things that he said were, just stay floating on your back, baby. It'll be okay. Yeah, he was Which trying is... to make sure that they survived and was focusing on them, not really. Yeah. And I, I'd like to believe that's true. I hope that, you know, this isn't a case of romanticizing mm-hmm. the deceased, you know. I But yeah. I knew him to be that way in life. So it should make sense that he was that way in death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I don't have anyone personally who I've lost in that kind of way, but I, I can just imagine finding out what their last moments were like and kind of feeling that, I guess, recognition in this was this is who they were, this was what they were like, and kind of see them, the other person in that light and kind of recognize that. Yeah. I, I will say, though, that sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like enough. How so? Like, I, even, I don't know, I'm almost 30 now, so this happened over 10 years ago, but even now sometimes I'm like, oh, I... I want more answers or I want more information. Mm. And at what point is that need that like hunger for more information, like satisfied, quenched, <laughs> like, right, 
sometimes it's just, it's just always going to be there. And there's not always going to be like an answer for everything. It's just, it's just there. And, and like, like they say in rabbit hole, and that is just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, we always want more. Like we're, as humans, we're never really satisfied with anything. We always want to be chasing something bigger. We always want to collect more. We want to understand more. And so especially when something like this happens where it's out of nowhere and there really isn't a lot of information, even if you were to go back and see everything yourself, you, you'll you still be wanting more information. Why, why did this happen on this day? Why was it only the four of them? Why... Why couldn't anyone else be out on the lake or did anyone else see them? Right. And so, yeah, I definitely understand that, that desire of just wanting more. And I think it's part of grieving is, like you said, just understanding that you will probably never be satisfied. You can hear and find all the information about it possible and yet still not be satisfied with what happened because it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably true for any circumstance. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how something has happened. It's just, you know, even, even, you know, elderly, you, you you're, I don't want to use the word prepared. How, how can you ever be prepared? But right. you might be, more knowing that you know so, something might happen right it's kind of like when people say do you want to know when you die and have that timeline and even when you're older you may have a diagnosis or something where they say you have so many months or years to go for before you may pass away because of this and so it's even with that situation it's not you're never ready for it no and there's there's always going to be why why did this happen why 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 yeah. um but there's i don't know if it's like fortunate or unfortunate that there is no why mm -hmm. <laughs> um i think it's something that just takes a long time for many people including myself to be okay with that uncomfortable feeling of I'm not going to know why this happened to my loved one mm -hmm. and subsequently to all of their loved ones. Yeah. Um, I will say though that his, his funeral was beautiful. They showcased um, a ton of his artwork mm -hmm. and they were giving away or, I don't know if they were giving it away or selling it, but his music. Okay. Um, I, th I think back then it was CDs still. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, afterwards, we all walked to that wall that I mentioned toward the toward the beginning of mm -hmm. this podcast, where uh, we would do all of our graffiti and kind of hang out. We all walked there in our black and started doing murals like in his honor and hanging out smoking blunts drinking 40s just like we did right telling stories and um it was odd because it, it was just it was beautiful we were all mourning and and feeling the same thing and 
there was the, an unspoken agreement that we were going to be joyous in this moment. Mm-hmm. We have, we have to celebrate this person. We cannot in this moment, let our grief overtake us. And I think individually after that day, we all went through our own processes, but that day we decided would be joy, which was really, really cool. You know, it doesn't always have to have to be like that. And, and that, and that kind of reminds me of day in the dead in a way and like ma- making an offering that's like, it's not so grim as American traditional, you know, traditionally mm-hmm. culture would, would make it out to be, I would, I would say. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's especially here in, in like more Western culture, specifically in the U S it's, it's always seen as a very dark day. Like in movies, it's always raining. It's always very solemn. Everyone is very quiet. Right. And in reality, when someone passes away, you don't want to, you do want to respect them, yes. So you're not going to be like throwing this huge, massive party. But at the same time, right, right, right. Yeah. It's not a kiki. Right, no, no. You're you're not, you know, showing up turned at the at the funeral. Uh, right. But yeah, you don't want to just think of the sad moments of what's happening right now. You're there because someone passed away. But that person was a lot of different things. They were, they were fun. They were entertaining to be around. They were joyous. And so you want to honor the person, not just what's going on right now. So yeah, you'll go out and do their favorite activities. You'll go out and go to your favorite hangout spot and drink or go out and celebrate in some way, which I think mm-hmm. is, is definitely a much better way to heal than to just think of the sad moments. Right. They're both important, but you have I think, to... I think it's definitely the former is definitely an important ingredient in, in the process. Yeah. It's, it's um, not a and, and a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you kind of only focus on, the one aspect of, oh, okay, they're gone. I must be sad and I must feel this way. And you can sit back and realize, well, yes, I'm sad, but I'm also, I'm glad that I got to know them. I'm glad that they were in my life. I have all of these great memories and experiences with this person. I should be able to enjoy them because they enjoyed them as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's definitely going to be harder for some situations. Definitely. I'm not saying like you have to, you have to throw the party if you don't feel like it, but you have to at the same time recognize the process is going to involve a lot of different emotions and I have to accept each emotion as it comes in. Yes. Yeah. Accept. That's a huge, yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge. So, so, so simple concept that's so hard to execute. <laughs> yeah. Just like letting it come. Emotions, a, a teacher that always used to say, emotions are, um, it, it has the word motion in them. They're supposed to be fluid. <laughs> oh, that's a very theater thing to say. <laughs> it isn't it so. Isn't it so? You got you got to love it. You got to hate it. It's yeah. just crunchy granola. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. 
but I guess like granola, it's kind of necessary sometimes. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I do want to ask, and if it's all right, if they were able to come back for one day, and it can be you can set this back to when you guys were in high school, or you can set it in modern day. But if they were to come back for, say, 24 hours, what would you want to do with them or say to them? Wow. I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, it can be a little hard, especially if it's been a while, to kind of think what would they be like nowadays. But I think about that all the time. Yeah. What would they be like now? Yeah. What would they think of me? Yeah. <laughs> it's so uh, self-centric, but yeah, what would he be like now? Um, what would I want to do? What would I want to say? I would probably just want to get all the people that he loved and that loved him together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And listen to Radiohead <laughs> on vinyl and sing and dance and rap and paint and um, I think I would just want to tell him all the things that he's missed. Like... I think the last time I saw him, I had a Blackberry. <laughs> oh, wow. That was <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't know if, he, you know. He... He'd probably be looking at, like, everything that all the smartphones do and be freaking out the whole time. Get so excited. Wireless about. headphones, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> I would just want to tell him, oh, I, I would want to play him all the songs that I've heard over the years that I've thought oh my god he would love this (laughs) (laughs) or this would be something he would put on a mixtape for me you know Mm -hmm. i i think i would just yeah i would just i would just want to tell him all the things that uh reminded me of him over the past what 11 or so years Mm -hmm. i don't know where he's been but I like always have these dreams where he comes back and I'm like, you know, where were you? <laughs> where are we going to find you? Where were you? Um, Do you think that's yeah. tied in to the fact that he was missing first and then you found out that he had passed away? Yeah. Yeah. I think because that was a huge component of it was that week of just where is he, where is he, where is he, where is he? We know that he's gone, but where is he? Mm -hmm. That was a trauma in itself. In addition to just the trauma of losing someone, the trauma of losing them inexplicably at, um, you know, an odd time at a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't smoke weed kids um yeah. well yeah <laughs> um oh yeah uh, yeah so i 
I do think that's sometimes why I have that like reoccurring dream is just, it's just like, where are you? But I, I think it's, you know, it's, it is unbelievable to this day. I feel like as much as I've tried to di- digest it, it's just, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I like, We'll have this moment where I pick up my phone and I'm like, oh, I'm going to text him or something. And then I'm like, oh, wait, you know, no. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like that, that why that will never be explained mm-hmm. and it's okay, but it's so irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just this itch. It's this itch that will not be satisfied, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, I think the, I think learning to live with just that small unsatisfaction or that small itch, like you said, is is going to be key. And I think the thing with an itch is you can do things to treat it and you can do things to kind of minimize the irritation and the pain, but you may not be able to get rid of it right away and then suddenly you realize one day oh this this doesn't bother me right now i remember it but it's it's fine it's different now right right it's there Mm -hmm. it's the same but it's different (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah well thank you alexa for coming on and talking about chris he sounds like he was an amazing friend and definitely someone fun to talk to and a very strong creator of, of just yeah. and everything. Yeah. Really a cool guy. I, I wish that, that you guys had gotten to meet. Yeah. <laughs> he would have, he would have really gotten a kick out of you. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But thank you so much for having me. This is, this is going to be such an amazing podcast and I'm, I'm just really excited to follow it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, if people want to follow your life or anything else, uh, where can they find you? They can find me on the interweb. Um, I am on Instagram at lady Lois, L O W I S. Um, and I do have a website, but you know, that's really old fashioned. So we'll just forget (laughs) about that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram and hopefully the Broadway when it returns. Yeah. At some point it says it'll return. So we'll see. Yes. So they say, so they say, keep your chin up folks. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. you all for stopping by and getting to meet Chris. Feel free to rate and subscribe. If you want to reach out and share your own stories, feel free to email us at stories at at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram as well. Be safe out there and we'll see you all soon. Te quiero.